All right, guys. We started the offseason last week. We're here to continue. Milo and Kevin here. We're going to talk some top NFL cut trade casualties amongst the league. Uh, last night, I went through a bunch of bunch of contracts with just some old guys, some, some young guys, and some guys that have been rumored just kind of going around the league in trade talks. Uh, got all the contract information from sporttrack.com. They're verified uh, everywhere with, with all the contracts and, and salary cap situations for multiple years. Um, so let's get right into it. Uh, my first cut candidate... Devontae Freeman of the Falcons running back has a $9.5 million cap hit for 2020. I think it's very likely that Devontae Freeman does get cut. I mean, you just see a bunch of running backs getting just replaced by, by young guys in third, fourth round of the draft, and there's just a lot cheaper options out there. Uh, so I think it's very realistic for a team like the Falcons who want to improve on defense and maybe get Matt Ryan some more help on the offensive line to kind of go in this direction. Um, but, Lou, what, what would you have to say? Yeah, I definitely think he's a cut candidate. It's just like been a couple years now. It's like this dude is dead weight. He's not worth the money he's getting paid. And I think there are a lot of teams around the NFL that, that would like to have him. I mean, I know a team like Seattle would love to pick him up. Uh, a team like Tampa Bay. There's a lot of a lot of good teams that would like to add someone like that while the Falcons kind of don't need a running back. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And, and now just moving Moving down to Cincinnati, we got the Bengals, and we saw what the Bengals were like last year. They weren't anything impressive, and I would assume with all the top uh, draft picks that they're going to have in this draft that they're going to look to shape their team kind of in that format. So I have a defensive end from uh, the Bengals as another cut candidate, and that's Carlos Dunlap. He has an $11 million cap hit for 2020, and they have a, a, a lot of young defensive guys that they're trying to develop, and they want to see what they have as far as production goes, especially while they're trying to, to build and establish this team at, at such an early time with a young head coach and Zach Taylor. Um, so I definitely think that he, he's a guy that, that can definitely be on the cut side. Yeah, definitely. I feel like he's still a good player, but he's a little past his prime, especially for an $11 million cap hit. It's like, is he really that good? And he's is he really going to be beneficial in this transition for them? I, I don't think so. I think he's a great cut candidate. Yeah. No, there, there's definitely guys that, that you could see as like good mentors and leaders when you are developing some, some young guys like they are. I just don't think for, for that price that they would want to keep him around. He Like, he, he might have over... Stay to stay there, just like we kind of thought Marvin Lewis did as far as coaches go. Um, but but another guy who who does seem like he's been in the league for quite some time, um, kind of got faded away from it as the season came came to an end, and that's Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco started the season last year as the Denver Broncos starting quarterback, and at the end of the year, you know, Drew Locke got healthy and really kind of showed what he got, and for $23.5 million in 2020, I definitely think that, that Denver will try and upgrade uh, the offense to, to get Drew Locke some more weapons and kind of have Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb take advantage of of Chubb's young salary and Von Miller doesn't have a lot of young years left no. so so I definitely think that Flacco is a guy that could be on his way out I definitely think so and on top of that it's just he's not a quarterback that's like gonna help groom somebody like he doesn't like Drew Locke like he does not want to play with him and it's just like he's just not a good locker room guy like he's selfish he wants to be the guy still and he's not worth 23 million I mean it's just another failed QB experiment for the Broncos, but luckily for them, uh, Drew Locke looked fantastic, and, and I doubted him all last season, but, but he's the real deal. 
Yeah, now just to shake it up a little bit, let's go to uh, one of our first trade candidates, Lou. And we got Darius Slay here, who's been in rumors in, in, in recent weeks. Uh, he doesn't have that bad of a salary. I mean, $13 million cap hit for a guy that's debated about as, as a top five corner in the league. Uh, so I could definitely see a contender trying to make a move and, and add him to a group maybe with some young guys that could be a little bit of a mentor. I think he has another year on his contract after this one with only like a $14 million cap hit. And I mean, Stefan Gilmore is a bargain at $14 million right now. Um, so I think Darius Slade could be on the move. And I don't think he, he's a guy that's going to get cut. I think he's a guy that's going to get traded. And a team that I really see um, fit is, is the Philly Eagles. And I think that they'll look to improve uh, the corner back position through the draft as well but I think like I said just getting a veteran guy in the locker room willing to make an impact now would definitely be beneficial send him to the Colts send him <laughs> I'll take him I'll pay him 15 I'll extend him I'll do whatever it takes I mean we have a lot of second round picks and you you won't find a better second round player no, sure. than him it's just really not possible and we obviously saw that Rocky Sin wasn't the guy uh, we have another really good corner I, I forget his name he's young as well but to get someone like that for probably a low price because the, the Lions aren't in exactly a great negotiating spot, I think that would be a really good fit for us. Yeah. But the Eagles is a good spot. No, Lou, I, I like the Colts too, and I think you're going to give Rocky Sin a little more time. I mean, it, it just was one year. I know he doesn't look, he didn't look too great last year, um, but but sometimes it takes guys like two, two three years to really develop. Uh, I mean, I know this this is a basketball reference, but Jalen Brown said he's like, yo, I didn't peak at 21, so so, so same, it could be the same thing there. But let's go back to another cut casualty, and, and this guy was a stud in the league for for quite some time, and. Jimmy Graham, I mean, he was supposed to be a big weapon for Aaron Rodgers over the past three years or so, was supposed to be a big weapon for Russell Wilson in Seattle, and that never really uh, happened. So I, Jimmy Graham with, with an $11 million cap hit, I mean, I don't think he's worth $11 million. And you can definitely see a, a lot of the guys that we talked about in that draft prospect episode replace uh, a guy like Jimmy Graham for, for just a simple draft pick. And the Packers are a team that, that definitely likes to – build through the draft and improve their team in that manner rather than uh, doing it through free agency. Yeah, I feel like um, he's a good candidate for it, but I do feel like Rodgers will have a little bit to say about that, where it's like, hey, I, I don't think I have enough guys, period, so you're going to take away a veteran. I think he might force him to stay on the team and not let LaFleur cut him, but I agree there's plenty of draft candidates that could take this guy's spot for a fraction of the price. Oh, for sure. And we already talked about Hunter Henry and Austin Hooper as big-name tight ends, so if Jimmy Grimm did hit free agency, I'm sure there would be a suitor, and I wouldn't be surprised if a team like the Patriots would be interested in that. Um, but let's go back to the quarterback position, and this is a guy we we didn't really talk too much about. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, he was Phillip Rivers' backup, and I know it may seem like he could be in – an opportunity for a starting quarterback position. Um, it, but I have him down as, as a cut casualty because, I mean, a $7.5 million cap hit for 2020, like what if they want to go and sign their starting quarterback like in Teddy Bridgewater? Or what if they wanted to make a trade for a Cam Newton or go to the draft to, and, and get somebody? They very much could do that. Um, I, I don't necessarily think that he's going to be uh, immediately cut. This could be one of the guys that I would say is a more shy away from actually being a cup of from from what his contracts look like he's definitely a, a candidate yeah I agree and disagree with you on it I do think if he does get cut uh, it'll be later but I, I honestly think he has a 60 percent shot right now to be the next starting quarterback for the Chargers and I 
I think for seven and a half million, it's not a bad deal because I think he's better than Nick Foles, and Nick Foles makes like almost twenty million. So I think it's a bargain in that sense. But if he's not going to be the guy, that's really just dead weight, and it's all going to come down to the draft. But I agree, if he's going to get cut, it will be late and after the draft, or keep him around and and he could groom a young guy if they do end up taking like a Herbert who might not be ready. Now let let's go to a position that we really don't talk about too much on the podcast. I mean, we the last time I think we were talking about kickers it was when we were doing fantasy rankings and that was eons ago. Um but but a kicker that that I, I really have um as a big cut candidate, and I don't think he's going to be back with this team next year. Uh, Kev, I don't know if this is going to be good or bad news for you, but Steven Gostowski with a $4 million cap hit for 2020. I I just, I don't see him hitting kicks in the Patriots still trying. (laughs) Cut him, cut him. Cut him. I feel like I feel like they could very much do the approach where, where the Bucks did uh, and try and draft a kicker. I mean, Roberto Aguayo in the second round didn't really pan out, but I I think as valuable as kickers are to the league, I mean, at, at least a good one in that extent. Um, they they can definitely find one in a certain round, you know. Yeah, you you could go down the stadium and find a Colombian kid who will <laughs> kick better than this dude for four mil. Get out of here, dude. He is trash. It's over. Uh, Same thing with Vinatieri. It's over. You had a great career. There's no more to prove. You've been in Super Bowls. You've made big kicks. Just call it a day, dude. If you need the money that bad, go be an analyst, please, because you cannot kick the football anymore. Yeah, no, I I definitely think he's more on the washed-up side. But let's mix in a trade candidate here. And uh, we we talked about this very vividly um, on a previous episode. But David Johnson, I mean, $14 million dollars. That's what he's owed in 2020, and that's a very high price for a team that is on the young side. Kyla Murray, I mean, David Johnson missed a lot of time last year, and even when he was healthy, he did play behind Chase Edmonds and Kenyon Drake uh, to a point. So I definitely think that this is a guy that could be on a move. It's not realistic to cut him because you'll have you'll have to owe him more than what he's owed this year um, to release him because he just signed his extension just a couple of years ago. Um, but a team that I, I would say to watch out for as far as a trade goes with David Johnson is his old head coach, and that's Bruce Arians. Um, when we were talking about some free agency fits with Melvin Gordon, I said that Tampa could be a possibility, but I also think David Johnson's realistic if Arizona wanted to move him for a low price. Yeah, absolutely. I do think that's a good spot, but two places I really like this guy, I love him with the Bears. I think he fits the offense perfectly. They throw to the running backs a ton. And uh, Steve Guy, David Montgomery, just do- it just doesn't look like he fits the system. He slows them down. He's kind of a one-trick pony, whereas David Johnson could do a lot. And I like him with the Bills because he can block, and-, and he would be good with an athletic guy. But uh, I like him on the Bears specifically because I have someone else getting traded there that I, I think is a good fit and could uh, really make a splash. Oh, nice. I'm interested to hear it. But before we get into more trade talk, Lou, let's get back uh, to some cut candidates. And and Kiko Alonso, I mean, last year with the Saints early on, like I feel like he he was starting to play well, uh, got banged up. You just never really heard his name again. And he's owed $8 million in 2020. I feel like that the Saints will definitely try and improve the defensive side of the football through the draft. Um, so I think Kiko Alonso could be a guy that they move, especially with the news that Drew Brees will be back with the Saints in 2020 if they're trying to keep Brees in Taysom Hill maybe. I, I'm not really sure. Or they're trying to get another weapon for Brees. Uh, I, th- I think they, they can use as much cap space as possible. 
Yeah, absolutely, and I feel like he could be a good fit for a lot of teams that uh, would want to pick up a cheap linebacker with speed. I mean, a team like the Pats, whose linebackers are as slow as us three together, uh, <laughs> or the Colts as well, who don't have the fastest linebackers. I think he would be a good fit. But yeah, $8 million for uh, Kiko Alonso at this point in his career is just a waste of probably half of it. Yeah, no, for sure. And I just want to move to my team, the Giants. I mean, it's no joke that, that the Giants have been kind of a laughing stock over the past couple of years. The last time we made the playoffs was 2016. Uh, we all heard about the Miami boat story that they, they keep on they, they keep on uh, pinning Odell and Sterling Shepard too. Um, but this is this is a team where I have a lot of cut candidates, and I know I know a lot about the Giants. Um, but but I also think with, with the contract situations that these cuts are very realistic. Um, so Nate Solder at left tackle getting owed $19.5 million for 2020 is absolutely crazy. Alec Ogletree, uh, a linebacker, is owed $11 million, and he can't cover anybody. And then Kareem Martin, who was a linebacker who, uh, from Arizona that we brought over to kind of help teach the James Betcher defensive scheme, um, is owed $6 million. And all of these guys, I mean, with the cap space that we could save, we can get an impact player now. Uh, so I definitely think that we need to move in a direction away from all of these guys. And honestly, I wouldn't be afraid to say to keep Soldier around if he took a pay cut or a restructure and went to the right side of the ball. It's just way too... The left tackle position is way too important for him to just keep letting guys get on Daniel Jones. And we saw how much of the fumble problems realistically were for the kid. So anything that we can do to help him get better going into next year, I think is beneficial. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, in, uh, in with the new, out with the old. I think the old regime just kind of has to get out of there and just kind of refresh and just build around this kid. And, and yeah, Alec Algotree, I feel like is, no, honestly, in my opinion, has been one of the biggest letdowns. I feel like everywhere he goes, it's like big contract, and it's like no one wants this dude anymore. Yeah, he doesn't exactly. fit. He's not as good as the next guy in line, and it's really a shame, and I think that they just made some bad, bad free agency decisions, and now that it's uh, a new regime, I think they can fix that. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they can. I mean, uh, people criticize Dave Gettleman drastically, but I, I think he's made some of the hardest decisions. I mean, as far as benching Eli goes and kind of taking some draft guys like Daniel Jones who weren't necessarily coveted at the position where they, they were picked and ended up working out. And even with Saquon, I mean, people were saying uh, th that we shouldn't take a running back as high as we did. But, I mean, look at the talent that Saquon is now. Um, but let's just move into some trade talk. Uh, we, we talk about Cam Newton a little bit um, in, in a previous episode. But I think he's definitely a guy that, that could be uh, – on, on the trade block. I mean, the Panthers could very much keep him for what his contract is. I mean, $20 million for a former MVP. I mean, that that's not too bad at all. But if they want to draft somebody early when they have a, a, a nice top pick, uh, it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, but with $21 million, I mean, I could see Cam Newton going to the Chargers. I mean, that that's a team that, that definitely isn't too far away from from being a playoff contender and it's going to be tough to compete with the Chiefs so if you retain one of the running backs in either Melvin Gordon or Austin Eckler and then keep your two outside receivers and either try and franchise tag Hunter Henry or, or get someone through the draft I think it's very possible for that team to to be a contender early and often yeah absolutely this is the guy who I, I like going to the Bears with um what's his name David Johnson I really like that fit because I feel like he was really good with McCaffrey and they're kind of the same style of player him and David Johnson can run can catch can block 
But think if you add uh, Nagy's offensive mind into that. I mean, I feel like the sky's the limit, especially with how good the Bears are as a whole. And and I think if you put Cam Newton on that team with David Johnson, it, it might be the best team he's ever had all around. Yeah, no, it, it very much could. And, I mean, Cam, Cam's team was good when they went to the Super Bowl. But, I mean, just if – if that was the case in the running back, David Johnson went with him. I mean, that that's definitely better than Jonathan Stewart, who we had. Yeah, Kev's guy, Alan Robinson. My guy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, Kev. <laughs> but but no, let's go to another uh, cut casualty, and that's Tremaine Johnson for the Jets. I mean, big corner coming from the Rams a couple years ago. Uh, the same offseason, Janoris Jenkins signed his big contract with the Giants, and he's no longer with the team. Uh, Tremaine Johnson wasn't the top cornerback for the Jets last year, and he's certainly getting paid like it. $15 million, and I, I, I definitely think that he, he might not even be worth half that. It seems like he just kind of wanted to get the bag when he was a free agent and just kind of production dipped drastically. And I'm surprised because Greg Williams was very familiar with, with Tremaine Johnson, um, so, so definitely disappointing. But I look for them to go in a different direction, especially if they want to get that front seven better. Yeah, he's hard. This is a top five worst contract in the league right now. He is just terrible. I mean, the Jets secondary wasn't good, period, outside of Jamal Adams, but he did not help. And again, you could probably find someone down on Mass Ave, any street corner, <laughs> that could outplay this dude for $15 million. I, I swear to God, it is just so bad. And I really liked him when he was a free agent. I thought he could have been good on the Falcons or the 49ers or somewhere like that. But man, these Rams dudes who just leave are just horrible. Yeah. And no, it, it, I hope that doesn't happen for Ramsey going going over there. Uh, I, I expect the Rams to try and lock him up at some point, but I, I definitely don't see the Rams retaining a lot of uh, free agents to pay the, the guys that they have. But another cut candidate is Jarek McKinnon. I mean, we haven't heard this guy. He signed a three-year deal with the 49ers. I'm pretty sure it was for around $21, $22 million, uh, when, when it originally started. But his 2020 cap hit is $8.5 million and for what they're paying Breida, for what they're playing Mostert, uh, and Tevin Coleman still in the action there. I definitely see McKinnon on his way out. Uh, I just don't see any possible way how they can continue to pay this guy and him not even show up. And they could definitely invest that money into into the wide receiver position. Absolutely. And I, I put my money, he stays in the division, and that is Seattle's next backup running back. That wow. is a great fit for them, especially because they'll come cheap. And uh, you can't have a dude who's who's eating cheeseburgers come off the couch and be a backup anymore. It's just not suffice. Lou, I actually kind of like the fit. I mean, if, if Penny comes back healthy like, and yeah. Carson comes back healthy and this guy was to play a third down role for them. And, yeah, I, I just feel like that those really would be a, a good group of guys. <laughs> um, but, but let's move on to some more trade talk. And Le'Veon Bell, I mean, we heard what Adam Gase had to say about him early in the year, and Adam Gase still has his job with the Jets somehow, but, I mean, it it is the Jets, and we all say a prayer for, for Big Vin being a Jets fan. Um, but $15 million cap hit, I, I think the Bills, uh, the Bills, the Jets will definitely look to invest that elsewhere. Um, but two teams that couldn't really narrow down for Le'Veon Bell, but one of them actually is the Bills, another one, Houston. Um, I, I think Josh Allen could have a, a good check down guy with, with Le'Veon, and they could really utilize him with Devin Singletary. Um, but also in Houston, I mean, Deshaun Watson kind of having a guy that, that can definitely make, make a huge threat with D-Hop there and, and Will Fuller taking the top off the defense. Uh, that, that, no, that, that would really make them a top-five offense in the league, and I think it's very realistic. I mean, they've traded a lot of draft assets in the past couple years to build the team the way that they want. Um, but, but no, I, I think Bill, Bill B is almost has his job on the line and needs to make a push for a splash like this. 
Yeah, I agree. I'll say this, though. I think that Lev Bell could stay, and I think that Gase could be gonzo. I th- honestly, if I am them, I look, I look myself dead in the eyes, and I say, we have Greg Williams. This dude, Adam Gase, is a clown. And I defended this dude for years just because he was he was one of Peyton's favorite dudes. Yeah. But we can really see who made who in that. Like, he literally got multiple jobs off that one season. Like, that one season changed everything for him. And I just think that he is a way better fit uh, on the Jets without Adam Gase. And I think just to throw shade at him, it's just like, why would this dude want to stay there? But if you get rid of him, I think he's worth every bit of the 15. Yeah, for sure. Now, let, let's go to our last trade candidate, and this is a guy who we all kind of felt bad for, just kind of hearing how the whole process went through. Uh, Trent Williams, left tackle, that, that's a huge position that's coveted around the league. Uh, $14.5 million cap hit, and you said he wasn't going to continue to play for the Redskins, even though he just had a recent conversation with Ron Rivera that I heard went well. Uh, I, I just... I don't know how it's going to work out. I mean, hiding cancer from the dude, I don't know if that was purposeful or not. Um, But regardless, I mean, that would definitely leave you shook and be very hard to kind of have a trustworthy relationship with an organization and with the people. Um, So I I see Trent Williams on the go in the teams that he was rumored to this year in either Cleveland or New England. Um, If if New England wants to have Tom Brady back, they need to get some weapons. And I I think Tom Brady will need to be protected by a a strong, reliable left tackle. I understand Isaiah Wynn is a developing um, player in the league. But he just got to stay on the field if he wants to to make an impact and, and to be a part of the Patriot way. Um, but I definitely see a team like Cleveland or New England uh, making a push to try and get this guy, and I don't think it would take much either. Yeah, and honestly, I think a sleeper team to get this guy just because of the rumors that are going around with Joe Burrow like might not want to stay. I think if they added uh, the Bengals added a guy like Trent Williams and were like, "Hey, dude, you're protected. You have some good weapons." You have Mixon, you have A.J. Green if he stays, you have uh, John Ross the third, and if you really sure up that old line, uh, you, yeah, and Tyler Boyd, one of my one of my favorite fantasy dudes this year. I mean, to to say to him like, hey, now the old line showed up, we got you a reliable like, con- uh, con- perennial Pro Bowler. I mean, Joe Burrow really has no reason to say, hey, I don't want to go here, and they obviously have the money, they're not going to pay anybody else. So I think that's a sleeper spot, but yeah, Cleveland would definitely benefit the most. And now just to stay with the Redskins, a, a guy that we have as our last cut casualty is Jordan Reed, a tight end who's been battling injuries for such a long time. Uh, just kind of been tough for him to, to avoid the concussion, stay healthy, and, and just kind of take take his pay for, for what it's been and, and provide for the Redskins. Um, So $10 million in 2020, I mean, this dude I don't think was on the field enough to, to make $10 million for his career. And it, it stinks because he, he was really a, a top elite talent at the position. Um, but but it, I just think it's going to be tough for him to kind of get, get a big contract anywhere. Forget about staying with the Redskins. Yeah, it's a sad thing with him. He kind of reminds me of almost like a, a Brandon Roy, Michael Red kind of guy where it's like when he's healthy, like this dude's a baller. Obviously, the, the basketball NFL comparison's different because it was a bad knees to a, a head that keeps getting smashed in. Yeah. So, yeah, I think he was a great talent. Uh, he still is, and I, I think a team that just got rid of an old tight end uh, or still has an old tight end, a team like the Cowboys or the Panthers could really use him cheap, and I just think depth at the tight end position or even a team like the Pats who would take a risk. He's not going to cost much. And uh, the upside is actually pretty good if you could keep him on the field. Kev, any motivational words for our for our listeners at the end of this episode? Just keep on keeping on. That's all I got to say. 
the juice was worth the squeeze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <I love> <laughs> yeah. But guys, that wraps it up for this episode. Uh, make sure to keep on tuning in for all things in the NFL offseason and getting back into the NBA in the second half of the season since the sandbox, baby. Peace.